Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network and you are joined by, by Danuta and my fabulous co-host, Lawson. Lawson, how are you doing? I'm just, I'm great. <laughs> I haven't yeah. used that fabulous for a while and, um, and I thought I really need to use it. I, I'm, I'm happy that you did <laughs> yeah. uh, because, you know, it's true. So Yeah, <laughs> we all know. Hey, our <laughs> listeners all know that that's true too, mm. <laughs> don't they? Hey. Danuta, how are you doing this morning? I'm, I'm really good. Well, you know what? I saw something really incredible this morning when I was driving here. So you probably yeah. had the fog on the way as well this no. morning. You no, didn't. I saw something incredible too, but you go first. Right. And so as I was driving along, the fog was above on, on the fields, right, and mm. on above the lake. And then right above that, there was a little bit of cloud and this beautiful, bright, orange sun coming up. Amazing. It, it was, like, majestic. And I just – my mind straight away went to – the splendor and majesty of our God. And I thought mm. of that song, you know, um, the heavens shall declare the, the glory of his name, you know, the splendor of heaven. There was the splendor of heaven. There's a few songs that went through my mind. But what about you? So I actually am going to agree with you. It's the fact that we drove in here. I left my house this morning and the sun was up. Right. Like I have a little bit of a yes. commute here to the studio yes. and the sun was up. It's going to be up d- earlier, I didn't bit, and earlier need each to morning. turn my headlights on. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this. This is incredible. Yeah, this is amazing. It's true. I feel happier. Good I for feel you. I feel fuller. You know, we we're it's gonna not have dark when you're leaving. That's right. Mm. We're gonna have daylight savings coming on very soon. You know, in yeah. I believe it's in September. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna so it's gonna wind back the clocks. It's gonna be dark again when we drive in. But it's just it's just such a good feeling, isn't it? It's such a good feeling, isn't like, it? Just hey. to see the sunshine and making our way in because during the winter months we're coming in here, it's just pitch black. It yes. is pitch black, hey? but uh, yeah, but and now cold and, and freezing. freezing. <laughs> Whereas this morning, oh, it's just the best. So oh, shout out the sun for giving yeah. us warmth and strength That's and happiness. It. And coming up on our show today, we have our interview once again with Jennifer Skews. In our news, Lawson will be talking about one of his favourite singers from when he was growing up, mm-hmm. which will be exciting. We're looking at findings in the UK for cancer patients. In our Bible study, we're continuing Ephesians 4 and looking at building unity in grace-filled speech. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Love harmonies. Do you love harmonies? Are you a singer? I am. I'm an alto. Oh, incredible. I love harmonies. I'm a male tenor. Oh, well, there you go. So I'm, I'm, you know, hitting, hitting those notes. And, uh, uh-huh. yeah, okay. I, like, I've obviously, I, you know, I've talked about on the show before. I love music. Yes. Like playing music and singing and playing instruments and these kinds of things. Oh. Mate, we got to get on here and do a performance one well, more. Well, I was just thinking, Shell's a yeah, soprano. Shell can and join us as well. She's got a most amazing voice, too. We can do so our own Christian tri- life uh, acapella medley, something we, like we that. We could. We could do a trio, but at the same time, we don't want to lose our listeners, do we? <laughs> I think they would appreciate oh, it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know what kind of doubt you guys have text, over your ability. Text us in if you want us to do a song sometime. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is actually, the number. I would put so your... much effort into that to make it sound good. Because if it wasn't, then I would be. I would be cringing. There hey, you go. You're gonna... listening to the breakfast show with Tanuta and Lawson. And Lawson, where are we going to today? We're going to have our first quiz question. Then we're going to introduce and say welcome to one of our places where we have our stations. Each day we're introducing a place. So what's our first quiz question and then where are we going today? Yeah, first quiz question this morning. Fill in the blank. 
and to know the love of Christ, which passeth blank, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Oh. The clue is, well, it's from Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 19. So, so we, we covered it. Verse. That's right. We covered it We've last covered week. covered this verse in our Bible so. study. So if, you, if you're a faithful <laughs> listener, you'll probably know what this is. If you haven't been listening, well then, guys, uh, it's Ephesians 3.19. Try and use that big brain of yours to work out what the answer is. But we do give license to those who aren't regular church attenders to be able to look up the answer as well. But again, it's fill in the blank and to know the love of Christ, which passeth un... I almost said the answer. Uh, <laughs> that ye might be filled with the fullness of God. You almost God. did another Monica. Ephesians 3.19. No, I almost did a Lawson. But, I've done but, it far more than Monica. Oh, if I just be honest. Like, but you gave the first I, two letters away. I, I really struggle. You're going to have to figure <laughs> oh. that one out. Hey, 0491. Well, maybe I did it on purpose. Maybe I did it because I just wanted you guys to get in for this amazing prize that we have this week. That's it. The Silver Hills Spa Cuisine Modern Vegan Recipes. I love this book. It's called Modern Vegan Recipes, but it's a bunch of vegan recipes that have been developed over the last 40 years. Just incredible pedigree this book has. It's by Eileen Brewer and Cecil Gordon, amazing chefs. And yeah, this is this is the creme de la creme of vegan Western food. We want to give this to you for free. You just have to get in the draw. And to get in the draw, you just have to answer questions correctly. And t- to know the love of Christ, which passeth blank that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. 0491 I want to give a shout out this morning to Orbost oh. in Victoria. Orbost, Victoria. They I are... wonder where that is. I've never heard of Orbost. Shell, have you heard of Orbost? No, she's shaking her she, head too. She hasn't been there either. I'm just getting it. I think it must be a, quite a small kind of town. Getting hey? it on maps this morning. It's right along the southern coast. So near near Lakes Entrance. Have you been to Lakes Entrance before? Down oh, in, no, down but in Victoria. I've heard it's fabulous. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's awesome. So my family on my mum's side, they all come from the Gippsland area. Area, so oh. Traugen and whatnot. Hey. So I've I've been down to so that's like so Traugen is east mm-hmm. of Lakes Entrance. Orbost is west of Lakes Entrance. So right down there on kind of the western southern. Okay. Uh, sorry, sorry. The the eastern. Sorry. I, oh man, I've really fumbled this. Yo. Traugen is west right. of Lakes Entrance. Orbost is east, and Orbost is kind of almost near the the eastern southern tip there of Australia. Oh, before wow. you, then you jump the gap over down to uh, Tasmania. Oh, but yeah, okay. very, very, very so east of near Melbourne. The ocean. Yeah, well, it's it's quite close to the ocean here. It's r- right up the road from the coast. So hey, shout out Orbost if you're from Orbost or you know the area or you you've been through the area. Let us know zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number and, to text and tell us what's great. About the place, or if you're living there and you text us in, let us know what makes you live there, how long you've been there, um, yeah, and a bit about the community. We would really love to know and let our nis- listeners know. Absolutely. Um, but hey, going into our good news, mm-hmm. um, some good news, of course, that's really been big news last night is that there's been four Australians have been rescued off the Indonesian coast. Oh, uh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, which is really exciting. What, what happened course, to them? So, so they were in a boat, they were going across to an island. Um, called uh, off the coast of Nias and they were actually on the boat but they hit bad weather 
And so, yeah, the, the boat capsized, but they all had surfboards, so they survived on the surfboards, and they were actually found. Um, so, of course, they would have, you know, uh, wandered, wand- wandered off, you know, as in the ocean would have taken them to another place. They were actually found on an island. But it, the interesting thing is that the Aussies were res- rescued largely to, thanks to an Australian skipper, Grant Richardson, who knew, who knew the tides and the wind and the, the d- directions of the sea. He actually worked all of that out. And because of his knowledge of this kind of stuff, they were actually found, which is really quite amazing and incredible. So, yeah, they f- found them after sailing his catamaran mm. um, on Monday night, and he was confident that he actually f- would find them alive, mm. which he did, which is really fabulous news. There is one Indonesian that is still feared for... Um, they, they've still um, th- that is still missing, but the mm. good news is that the four Australians have also been found, and hopefully, um, prayers prayers for this one to um, to actually be found. The Indonesian that's missing still is Fifan Satria is the name. So yeah, yeah, if you're a praying person, pray for that. That would be really great. And of course, the Indonesians and family members there would be really fearing for what would be happening with him at this yeah, time. Absolutely. So um, we love rescue stories because, of course, in the Bible, right from from the beginning, like from Genesis 3, where the fall comes in, where sin comes in, because God created a perfect world. He wanted us as perfect beings. That's the, the, the big love of God. He wanted us and created us in his image. But since the fall, and then when you go right through the Bible towards the end, you know, right into the Revelation, it's all of God's great rescue plan. That's what mm. I really love um, about that Absolutely. in so, so many ways. Yeah, so, Bali, uh, like that area, Indonesia, is super famous. Like so many people go over there to surf because it's like it's got just oh, right. epic yeah. waves yeah so that's that's kind of like it's it's got a bit of a pedigree with aussies of mm. like go over to bali and and they do surf tours so they go on a boat and they go like island to island in different areas and, and go surfing because indo has like thousands of you, you know you've got bali which is yeah. an island well, in Asian, that's indonesia such a popular which is, place, isn't it? but then yeah. you've got all these little micro islands that are all over the place with surf and good breaks and so they're out there and they do these tours and and yeah i've i've heard all kinds of there's there's a few stories that get back because the, well, the frequency of people going over there and the situation, you know, can be a little bit dicey. And, but right. this is probably one of the worst things I've heard that, you yeah. know, for these guys to go missing, but it's amazing that they've been rescued. Isn't that That's great awesome. news? Isn't that yeah. great news? It's really great. Hey, another bit of great news is there's a breakthrough in the UK with cancer patients. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So one of the types of cancer that affects the blood is called myeloma. And it actually develops from plasma cells in the bone marrow. So plasma cells are a type of, um, you know, a type of white blood cell found in bone marrow. And uh, so myeloma is often called multiple myeloma because about 90% of people actually have several bone lesions already when they're diagnosed, which is really sad to hear. And there's about 6,000 cases a year in the UK that are diagnosed, which is really quite a high number. Um, and they, the general survival rate is around three to five years. And the latest data shows that about 50% of patients actually now surviving um, around about 10 years or a little bit more than 10 years, largely just to, due, due to some of the latest findings. And so in Christine um, NHS, which is the public system in the UK, the equivalent of our public system, so the Christine NHS Foundation Trust in Manchester is actually experimenting into blood cancers and so most are responding really well with remission for about a few months 
or years. And so far, they've done about 30 trials, and they've actually done a few on the myeloma as well. So many patients have actually tried other options unsuccessfully, but two-thirds have actually no, and two-thirds of them actually have no other option. And so they're actually seeing responses with this experimental stuff. Now, they actually haven't given a name in any kind of way to uh, to to the the stuff they're experimenting with because, like I say, they're actually just experimenting. And so the exciting thing is that it's actually they're actually trying immunotherapy drugs because cancer is dropping. Um, cancer in this case is actually affecting the immune um, system. And so the cancer is dropping in levels and they can't detect the cancer at all. So mm. really exciting stuff. And of course, um, we've got nothing to fear because, well. The thing is, the thing is with, with cancer, we do have things to fear, but at the same time, God is with each person and hopefully mm. they have great support. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Yeah, what's our next quiz question there, Lawson? Our next quiz question in Psalms 19 and verse 10. David said that God's laws are to be desired more than what? Oh. 0491-064-669 is the number to text if you know the answer to that one. In Psalms 19 and verse 10, David said that God's laws are to be desired more than what? 0491-064-669. Of course, our prize for this week that will be drawn on Friday is the Silver Hills Spa Cuisine. We want to give this to you absolutely for free. Just have to win the draw to get in the draw. All you have to do is answer these questions correctly. This cookbook is incredible modern vegan recipes, but at the same time, it's it's modern Western food that has been laboured over. It's been mm, fine-tuned and tweaked over and been perfecting it. decades. Yes. This is an incredible book. Hey, we want to give this to you absolutely for free. 0491-064-669. Get in for the... Get in for the draw. Again, that question was in Psalms 19 and verse 10. David said that God's laws are to be desired more than what? Question yeah, mark. and if you know the song, just sing it to yourself and it, the words will just flow out of your mouth. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Hey, yeah, do you know those songs? So I love scripture songs. And so I said to awesome. you, I think, you know, a few weeks ago that I actually have bass trips, bass clefs and treble clefs and notes around Bible verses in my Bible because mm. they remind me straight away of the song. My mind goes straight there. But hey, Lawson, what have we got in the way of news today? Hey, you are listening to The Breakfast Show and we said in our introduction that I was going to talk about one of my favourite singers growing up and that singer is a guy by the name of Neo, or at least that's his stage name, uh, <laughs> which is which is just awesome. Neo, he was an artist that was quite big in the in the early two thousands. Now he's you know going under his stage name left rather ra- stage name less rather referring to himself as you know Schaefer Smith, his original birth name. Uh, and this is this is because he's not really making music anymore, oh. and that's because he has had like a drastically successful career, um, in particular. There was a song that I used to listen to when I was eight. It's called So Sick. And it was all about like a breakup and how the person was like struggling because of a breakup. And I remember being like eight years old and I'd probably had broken up with my year two girlfriend. And oh, 
and listen, you had one in year two. And listening, Seriously? listening to "So Sick" by Neo, oh. and just reflecting in that time. No, it was just I, I really, really liked his music. But he's a, he's a secular artist um, right. that I grew up with. He grew up in, like personally, I grew up in a secular family, and this was this guy was huge in the, in like the pop culture, in the zeitgeist, in 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 that time. Mm-hmm. Um, now. Now he's kind of in the era of his career. He's like 47 years old. So what's he doing now? He's, uh, he is, you know, just kind of, yeah, in the, in the legacy moment of his career where he's just, you know, living his life. He's raising his kids. He has seven kids. Seven. Big, big family. Wow. He's getting it done with. Um, and, you know, he occasionally gets interviews and whatnot because he's incredibly successful. He's rich, all of these different mm. things. And he had done an interview on, on a, you know, online out, a platform called Vlad TV. He had done this interview, and in the interview, the 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 topic of transgenderism in youth came up. Youth transgenderism, and his comments on that were ultimately that he he was like, "Hey, I I don't believe and I don't agree with um, transgender ideology." That being said, people have the right to go and do what they want. But for me, as a father, mm. I as a parent who is looking after my kid, I'm not going to extend the right to them mm. as their guardian to change their gender and to receive gender affirming care because they're not old enough to be able to receive that. Wow. And that's powerful. And it's my right as a parent to, to pr- protect them. To and, protect and, them. And, yeah. yeah. And then make, let them make the choices when they're older in that sense. Cause the brain's still developing at these exactly. young ages. Now it, it has been shown in various different studies and looking into this. Well, even if we don't reference the studies, if, if a child is struggling with gender dysmorphia and they make decision to go down the route of using puberty blockers and whatnot, they have essentially signed up to being um, on external hormones for the rest of their life yes. and struggling with the the various negative health effects that come from that, whether it be you know aches and pains in the bones, the development, the the non development of organs outside of the sexual organs as well. Lots of different other struggles that they go through. They're they're, they're signing themselves up for a life of medical health struggles and being a burden mm. medically mm-hmm. which is a, which is a huge is a huge thing it's like oh man and and if you are a parent who you know enables them to go and do that like that's that's the choice you're making and neo mm. is saying hey that's not something i want to participate in mm-hmm. and what they find as well is that a lot of these young people who are struggling with gender identity prepubescently um eventually grow out of it. If they don't grow out of it and they continue to struggle with gender dysmorphia, it's like, well, when they become an adult, they can make certain decisions. And for me, like I have certain thoughts and ideas. I don't agree with transgender ideology. I don't agree with the lifestyle, but when someone's an adult, they have the ability to make make those decisions. But until they do, um, parents have a right to raise their children and to protect them. Absolutely. And I love the fact that he's got really strong values. Yeah. Really strong values. He made this statement and people saw it as inflammatory and on, you know, the certain social media spaces, particularly Twitter and whatnot, he was being cancelled. They were, you know, saying, oh, he's a transphobe. He he hates trans people. He is, uh, he's bigoted, these different things. And so a statement was released by his, you know, from his social medias. Mm. And the statement read like this. Uh, here we go. I'm, I'm just trying to find it on the page here because this, this, 
this this was so interesting. So he he released this statement, um, walking back his comments. He said, after much reflection, I'd like to express my deepest apologies to anyone that I may have hurt with my comments on parenting and gender identity. I've always been an advocate for love and inclusivity of the LGBTQI plus community. Uh, so I understand how my comments could have been interpreted as insensitive and offensive. Uh, growing up, um, you know, I I you know grew up with this view, but I understand that gender is more nuanced now. So this is the statement that was released, and it was like, okay, he's right. he said these very direct comments about how he doesn't want his kids mm. identifying as trans, and he's not going to affirm transgender. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to participate in transgender affirming care if they were doing that. But then he releases this statement saying, oh, no, I'm actually an ally. I didn't mean what I said. And so it was, it was a little bit conflicting. Confu- it was like, confusing for people. It was people. like, okay, what's, what's going to happen in that space? And then later, like the next day, he came out with a statement <laughs> walking back his apology uh-huh. and saying, look, I need to be real with you guys. This is what he said. He said, Is he I- a bit of an impulsive guy by the sounds of no, things? Well, like, but I mean, at the same time, I can see where he's going with this. But yeah, so let me Well, let, what he actually said was, hey, I want to be real with you. I want to tell you my actual opinion yeah. and not a statement that was written up by my publicist's right. computer. You're going to hear That's it from good. me. Yeah. I don't agree with transgender ideology. I don't agree with gender affirming care. I don't want my children to go through that. And I don't care if, you know, if you're an adult and you want to identify as a goldfish, go ahead, do it. Like, that's what he said. He's like, you have that right. But for my six-year-old, my seven-year-old, I'm I'm not going to let them go down that route because I care about them. I don't want them to subject them to a life of struggle and pain. Uh, from a young age as a result of bowing to the whims of a five or six or seven year old who say that today they feel like playing with a certain type of toy or dressing in a certain type of color. Yeah. And I, I love that protective mode because like that's so important. And also he's actually affirming, um, by saying what he feels as a parent, Mm. he's affirming parents and particularly dads in this whole space, isn't he? Of their role in parenting. Mm -hmm. And and his words, he says, if if your little boy comes to you and says, dad, I want to be a girl, do I just let him go with that? (laughs) Like if you, if a five-year-old decides he wants to eat all the all the junk food he wants, am I just going to let him do that? Mm. If my five-year-old comes to me and says, I should be able to drive a car, I should be able to, to let him do that. If a five, a six, or a 12-year-old comes up to me and tries to make a life-changing decision to change their sex and to use uh, experimental procedures and drugs to be able to mm. do that, should I just let them go forward mm-hmm. with it? Mm-hmm. And I, I love what he's sharing here. It's like, no, the outcomes of this are life altering life affecting a a young person doesn't have the decision the ability to make this decision i don't think they should have the ability to make this decision based on how they feel uh and so i'm going to protect them from that and Mm. i think that this is a fantastic stance he's taking hey let us know what you guys think zero four nine one zero six four six six nine you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different Lawson, before we go into our interview, let's have our next quiz question. Oh, that's a nice short one this morning. It's the third one. <laughs> Here we go. Why did Saul originally send for David? If you know the answer to that one, 0491 Again, it's why did Saul originally send for David? And our prize this week is the amazing Silver Hill Spa Cuisine, modern vegan recipes by Eileen Brewer and Cecil Gordon. We want to give that to you for free. You just have to 
get answers in the draw and then wait till the end of this week and we'll be spinning that wheel spinning and, it. and giving it. you this book. But hey, you just need to, to get in for the draw, you just need to answer some questions. Again, that question was, why did Saul originally send for David? 0491 it's come time for our interview with Jennifer Skews that we have every Wednesday. Uh, good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Jennifer. Hi. You there? How are you going? I'm here. Can you hear me? <laughs> we, yeah. can, we can hear you. We've got you. And we're continuing good. our brain series with, um, with you again today, aren't we? We just love... We are. Like last week, we asked you lots of questions we know on something that we covered in our news segment. So we're actually going to let you take it away yourself today. What are we covering? Ah, well, I was going to do this last week, but I'm very flexible just as well. I was going to have a look at um, the the thing of laughter and humour, and we did touch on it, but there's so much. It's a whole, I guess, a science within itself that has actually been used. uh, People set up laughter clubs. They encourage laughing and smiling probably, probably a couple of decades ago, but, of course, it faded out like a lot of things. But um, I think it's something that's very relevant for us today, particularly in the world we live in. It's uh, we have to have a sense of humour to survive. That's one of my principles. Oh, love that. Absolutely. But hey, both of us pricked our ears up when you said laughter clubs. I have never heard of laughter clubs. Um, So that's really interesting. You've mentioned that like where and how and what, what kind of things do they do even with that? Well, what they did, they obviously used comedians and that, but what they would do, because it became a, um, probably back in the 80s, I'd say, maybe into the 90s, where there were a lot of studies and there were some prominent people, and I can share a bit of that with you, a couple I'm aware of, mm-hmm. that actually initiated the benefits of laughter. So, of course, the people who like to make money cashed in on it, and they set up these laughter clubs, and it was oh, wow. where you... You go along and they do things to make you laugh. So obviously they'd have comedians and I never went to one, but people used to go and have a a fun time and do a lot of laughing and come away feeling so good. So um, it's it's definitely something we need to do more of because life can be so serious and it really is. It's helped me through so many things even now, like coming mm. through COVID and that. You had to have a sense of humour about just little things that were happening in life or things around you mm. or even looking at quirky ways of what life is like and doing a lot like smiling at people and uh, being kind to them and smiling is such a powerful thing. Even to, and when you smile, the muscles that um, when you lift up the corners of the mouth actually trigger a whole hormonal cascade, um, wow. which is a really interesting thing. And it, it, the research, I did a little bit more research on it to get specifics again, mm-hmm. and apparently the body releases three hormones that make you feel good when you smile, and of course that is a grin, a smile, a laugh, and they include dopamine, endorphins, and serotonin. And they are all the feel-good hormones. And these signal your body that you're happy and, in turn, you then, of course, feel happier. Um, There is another um, 
hormone or the well the endorphins which they mention is often the only one mentioned when we talk about laughter but dopamine and serotonin which are your mood lifters and stabilizers because when you have depression where do you go you go to the doctor and what does he do he says I'll give you an antidepressant and that is a is dealing with the dopamine and serotonin uh, receptors in the brain or putting more of that uh, uh, hormone in for mm. the brain to function because it's not picking it up. It's in the blood, but the brain's not absorbing it out of the blood. And so people feel sad, down, negative. Mm. So uh, so if we had a laugh a day and spent more time doing that, we would not need an antidepressant. Well, there you go. It's as easy as that, as cheap as that, Mm. but it's also laughter is often done, like you're saying, with other people or when you're watching something. So sometimes watching, um, you know, some of the laughter shows, what's what's one on Channel 10 um, on on Monday nights? Um, Yes. You know, have you been, what's, uh, anyway, I've lost it at the moment. It'll come back to me. Have you been paying attention, that one? And, um, you know, but, but uh, various shows that people can watch, but, but doing doing it socially is a really important thing, isn't it, too? Oh, it is. It's a social thing. But even on your own, like I've got two cats and they do the funniest things sometimes and I just laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, or even at uh, something someone says or you're like, you might be on the phone or you listen to something online, you know, on your, on your radio or whatever. Um, and that triggers the smile even is enough. And mm-hmm. that is very, very powerful. Um, the origins or the initial input to laughter was a man by the name of Norman Cousins and he had a mysterious degenerative disorder. Uh, he worked in the medical profession but they could say, well, we don't know, we can't do anything for you uh, and it was life-threatening. So what he did, he checked himself into a hotel and he... Um, watched a lot of films because he'd heard a lot about laughter and the positive effects and if you're feeling miserable and down and negative, it doesn't help any illness at all. Mm. So he decided if he's going to die, he would die laughing, which is a good way to go. Wow. So he had, in his era, he had like things like the Marx Brothers and things like that that he, he liked, his sense of humour. We all have a unique sense of humour. Um, he read sorts of funny books Um, And he found that if you have 10 minutes of belly laughter, it gave 20 minutes of pain-free sleep. Wow. So this this was the power of laughing. So um, he then laughed his way back to health. That was like the, the bottom line. Because he was a medical person, he went back into the lab and then he started to study the effects of laughter and what it does biochemically to the body and why it's so good for you. Mm -hmm. So this is, I think, our original awareness sort of as far as psychology goes with Norman Cousins. Mm. Um, Of course, since then, there's been a lot of other studies and some of the benefits, you've had much better relationships. So Mm. any sort of relationship when you have humour and you laugh a lot, it really keeps you connected. Absolutely, like and you would, yeah, Mm. you would find that is so. Even if you're not feeling like it, and you're, um, you know, you come home, and whether it be kids or uh, husband, wife, partner, whatever, smile at them, Mm. and when they say, "Oh, how was your day?" you could still smile and say, "Well, it was a bit dodgy today," and smile at them if it wasn't a good day. But it's how you, it's the visual of the smile and the laughing that affects people. Wow. 
Wow, so even, that's powerful. Well, yeah, watching someone do a belly laugh is healthy for you, which is interesting. Well, what, so um, I, I found that when you know somebody else is having a belly laugh, often you can yeah. end up laughing because of the way they're laughing. Yes, <laughs> you, know you laugh I mean? at them. You, yeah. you, you laugh at them and with them too. Yeah. But my, my, um, my mind's also going, um, Jennifer, to sometimes in my life, and I'm sure you know some of our listeners could relate to this, that sometimes in your life there's so many things that come your way that really pull you down that it's hard to find that space space to um to to laugh like when yes. I, not, not the space but you kind of find it hard to really put that smile on or laugh and what you're saying that is the smile actually helps but what advice would you give to someone that is maybe even in that space right at this very moment and finding right. that really hard well it, you don't have to feel funny or feel good to smile the mm-hmm. action of it is physically beneficial mm-hmm. so instead and scowling which goes the other way um actually brings the, the body chemistry down it, mm-hmm. it goes in the opposite direction mm-hmm. so if you can at least use the muscles in the mouth to smile and you get a lot more positive back from people how many people mm. smile at you, even if you're out and about? Um, but also, I just want to say, as far as depression goes, because people are going, but I'm so depressed and I'm on an antidepressant, um, there is a point with the brain where the biochemistry is so low or, or just not functioning that it's important sometimes to use a medication or you can get good supplements if you're not too far down that ladder. So I'm not saying you never need anything. What I'm saying is is that if we spend a lot more time laughing, even if we're using medication, it picks you up a lot quicker. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And w- one of the things with uh, medication for depression is is the doctor wants you to do a recovery. And if you start to feel better and function better, he reduces the medication. You don't need it. Mm, and the so length of time is reduced often yes, too, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So this is why it doesn't matter whether you're on or off medication, if you're having a down day, if you're generally depressed – thinking about this go online and research it because there's some wonderful stories Mm. Um, and and you mentioned about what when we said watching someone laugh i think that's one of the things they did at the laughter club they'd have someone come out and even pretend just to do all this belly laughing and everyone would laugh with them (laughs) yeah i love it love it yeah (laughs) it is isn't it so it's a much much better way to go it also apparently you're more productive at work when you laugh and smile or you have a sense Mm -hmm. of humor it relieves stress Mm -hmm. and and these are all done on studies that they've actually done and they have found that you can live longer Mm -hmm. if you laugh and smile wow Mm. That, that's really powerful, isn't it? Like it it's is. not just what you eat or your exercise that you do. It's actually laughter, which is such a simple yeah. and free thing to do. It mm. is. It's your sense of humour. Now, when we're born, we have an inherent sense of humour. I, When I look, I inherited my father's sense of humour and he had a very dry humour, very spontaneous. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right? So it was um, so I sort of pick up on things very quickly and do a quick back, which is humorous. Mm. Um, and so it, the model was there as well, but it's also genetic. Whereas my sister has a very different sense of humour. And I think, what on earth is she laughing at? 
Right, right. Interesting. And, and also there's some that actually have a very serious, um, you know, they're, they're just constant sense, yeah. sense of humour. I was going to say, yeah, so very serious side to them. And so is, yes. it, is it something then that can be, what I'm hearing from you, is that can be learned as well, particularly when we're around yes. other people, because it's got to be an intentional thing to smile and to laugh. It's got to be actually intentional. Yes. And, I, and I'm thinking, I, I guess I'm relating again to, say, my childhood years or when I was getting a little bit older, and I, I tended yes. to quite a serious kind of person and I, I had to actually learn to let go of a whole lot more things right, huh? and, to, yep. and to laugh at myself because the thing yes. is that side of, um, you know, you've, you've I guess whether it's pride or, you know, shame or a range of a whole lot of things mm. that we tend not mm. to do that and mm. therefore having to be able to laugh at myself, I actually had to learn to do yes. that. Yes, and I had to too. I'm, I was trained my mother was a very serious person so I was right. trained to be more serious yet in actual fact I'm a very humorous person but you lose sight of it depending on growing up right so um, I had to find my sense of humor and I've had to learn to laugh at myself instead of beat myself up and think I'm a stupid idiot say what a silly thing to do and laugh about it yeah right so childhood yeah. years can have a strong impact on how we yes. go into our adult years with this yes. okay so finding your sense of humour, mm. yeah. And, I mean, you can watch one thing and laugh your head off and someone next to you says, that's ridiculous and won't laugh at it. So it is unique, but we can find our own humour. Mm. Um, yeah. I find in nature there's lots of things to laugh at. You know, yes. what animals do or, you know, when we look out there in creation, there's, there is humour. I believe God has a sense of humour. Yes, <laughs> very much believe that too. Yeah, yes. and you see situations you can actually say, boy, we have a God with an amazing sense of humour. Mm. So, yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Um, Jennifer, we've got about a minute left. What's yes. um, what's just something that you'd like to tie it off with, with what you've just said, something, our, our take-home message? Well, I would like people who are listening to go out and put on a smile and smile at as many people as you can. When you're out and about, if you're home a lot, well, smile at yourself or smile. If you've got pets, yep. smile at them. They pick it up too. So I think smiling and trying to find humour and laugh more is is a valuable thing to do and to do it daily. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Jennifer. And uh, we're going to implement that even here. We like to have laughter here in this in this studio very much. You so do. thanks thanks yeah. again so much, Jennifer. We look forward to catching up with you again next week. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at one eight hundred Faith FM.